Well, this is um, it's a special time in history, isn't it, really? And um, if you don't know me, my name's Jaleel. I'm from Frankston. Is that bumping all around all yeah, over the place? Yeah, so we'll get it. Sorry about that, everyone on Facebook <laughs> getting bumped around. Oh, yeah, my name's Jaleel, and um, I'm so excited to be here today with you. I'm part of the Glory City Network community here in Melbourne, and we're from Frankston. My wife and I live down there, and um, <clears throat> we've just been seeing God do some awesome stuff in the last. I was actually thinking about it. It's always been then, 10, 11 months since um, the Lord invited us out to step out onto the streets in Frankston and to really reach the youth of our city, and um, there's amazing things that are happening, and um, I want to tell you that more than ever, this is a season for our sons and daughters to be obedient to the Lord, to know, hear the voice of God, and to be obedient. You know, this season is so unprecedented. We've never seen anything in our lifetime, and our parents have probably never been through anything like this. They say it's closest anyone's ever experienced that something like this was around the First and Second World War. And so we're seeing nations shut down, we're seeing states close their borders, we're seeing um, companies lay off thousands of staff, we're seeing huge drops on the um, stock exchange, I think $703 billion wiped off the Australian stock exchange so far in the last four weeks. I mean, these things are significant, and um, I don't know about you, but for a while there I was like, I don't know about this thing, this is, might be a bit of a hoax, you know, maybe this is blown up to be bigger than what it is, but I want to tell you that... Um, I think it's really important for us to know the season that we're in. I love that Joseph, God raised up Joseph in his hour to be um, used as a man who is full of wisdom to lead his country and to, to, to save essentially Egypt and the nations around them from starvation. And, um, and so I want to tell you that faith and being a people of faith is not being people of ignorance. It's not people of just, you know, being foolish. You know, uh, we don't believe in germs, we believe in Jesus. Like, that sort of stuff, that's foolishness. That's not what God's calling us to, to be. It's not um, ignoring what's taking place around us. And so I just want to say, on behalf of the Glory City um, community here in Melbourne, we, our hearts go out to you, our hearts go out to your family. We're with you, we're standing with you, we're believing for your families, we're believing for work, we're believing for your situations, and we're praying that the Lord would give you guys wisdom. He'd give each one of you wisdom in this season that the fathers and mothers of the household would know how, what it looks like for you to walk before the Lord in this time and season. And I want to tell you that, um, you know, I've just been thinking a lot about this because I'm super inspired by people like Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake. I'm inspired by people like Todd Wyatt. I'm inspired by people of faith because we are a people of faith and we as a church believe that God is the one who heals and that it's his desire to heal and sickness is not of the Lord. And so we we stand on that. But I want to tell you that the season for today does not need a John G. Lake. The season for today does not need a Smith Wigglesworth because they were the right people for their season. The people for today that God's chosen is you, that you have been raised up for this season, that you've been born for this season. And um, 
You know, the beautiful thing about John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and these other mighty men of God who were used by God in their generation was that they heard the voice of God and they walked in obedience to it. And I feel like more than ever before, the church is invited into a place for us to hear the voice of God and to be obedient sons and daughters. We need to move away from just replicating what other people have done, give us a method, and we need to actually know the Lord and be obedient to what the Lord is saying to us today. And so as, um, as, we, as we meet today and as we gather around the Word, I'm going to pull out some scripture. I encourage you to grab your Bibles. Um, we're going to look at how to be people of faith, and I really want to give you just a couple of tools just to go away with in how to stand in this season and in this time. You know, Jesus tells the parable of the wise man and the foolish man. Uh, you know what? Their houses look exactly the same. You know, it's until the storm comes that the foundations are revealed. And, um, and the common, commonality between the wise and the foolish man is that they have the same storm. And so the gospel is not that we live free from storms. The gospel is that the storms reveal our foundations. And so Jesus said, in this world, actually, why don't we turn to that? Turn to John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33 says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. I love that Jesus spoke the words to his disciples because his desire for humanity, for his disciples, is peace. And I want to tell you that God's desire for you is peace at this moment. You know, we can go, well, the disciples weren't in the same situation as us. Well, actually, they were probably in a much worse situation than what we are in right now. Um, They say that um, between Damascus and Jerusalem, the road was literally lined with crosses. The Roman Empire was was ruthless at the time. Uh, Tiberius Caesar um, was taking over regions, and the local governors were really oppressing the Jewish people. But Jesus said to them, I speak these words to you that you may have peace. And I want to tell you, as sons and daughters of God, one of the foundations of our lives is peace. The thing that Jesus promises us is peace. And so I want to tell you, if you're not living in peace, you're living outside the promise. You're living outside the calling of God for your life. I don't know about you, but for me, the last three weeks, I've been so distracted. I feel like I just want to pick up my phone and keep checking social media. I'm watching news reports. And you jump on Facebook and there's feeds and feeds, an overload of information, and it can almost be addictive of just discovering what's taking place next. Um, I know that right now there's so many live streams happening across Facebook right at this time. There's like every church is live streaming. There's access to everything. And sometimes we can get so distracted that we don't actually enter into peace. And peace is not found on Facebook. It's not even found here watching us. It's found in the words of Jesus. And I encourage you that through this season more than ever, it's time for us to crack open the Word of God, to read it, to receive it, and to allow the words of God to speak to us, that we would become people of peace, that we would live in peace. And I've been challenged by that to, to shut off Facebook. Take time out of it throughout your day. Not for the next 25 minutes or so, Not for the next 25 <laughs> minutes, that's right. Don't just turn it off. Then we just, if yours just dropped... If you're going to stop watching this, read the Word of God. Yeah. Get into the Word, and not just, not just the, the written Word, but spend time in His presence and allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart. Yeah. You know, I sit here, and my life has been radically changed. Um, 
my family's life and everything um, in the last 11 months, it was probably March last year, I was finishing up my contract with the Billy Graham Association. And uh, in April, I was looking for jobs and I decided to step out onto my porch and have a breather. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very strongly. And he asked me what I was doing. And I said, well, I'm looking for a job. And he said, what? Well, I've invited you to see the kingdom of God. I've, I've placed things in your heart to see the kingdom of God come into your region. Why don't you give yourself to that? I said, well, God, I, I need to pay bills. I've got things that have got to happen. But, you know, I couldn't make that up. I wasn't trying to follow someone's example. I wasn't like, well, that's what Liam is doing or something else. It's when we hear the voice of God that we can walk in obedience. And in that moment, I decided, okay, God, I'm going to let go and I'm going to listen to you. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll provide for you. I'll provide for your family. Won't you trust me? And you know, it, in that time, it, it looked so, it looked like a silly decision. You know, I have a family of uh, three kids, a beautiful wife. Our business had crashed back in 2018. We had debt. There was a whole lot of situations that didn't look right. But I wasn't just, knee, wasn't just a knee-jerk reaction. It's it's hearing the voice of God, and God has got something for you to do. And when I stepped out, um, I didn't know what it looked like. We spent a month in the harvest. The Lord said, I want you to do a month in the harvest. I didn't know what that looked like, but it looked like me going out every, every day into the streets, in the highways and byways across my region, praying and sharing the gospel. And out of that, this ministry called Street Peace was birthed, and I started to discover the needs for the youth, and the Lord started to really place that on my heart. You know, I would have laughed at you back in March if you told me that I, this is what I was going to be doing with my life. I had no desire for it. I had no uh, reason for being. It wasn't my big dream that, um, that I'd start a, a youth ministry, a youth movement, a non-for-profit to, to meet the needs and see the lives of these gangs uh, transformed through our region. But the Lord has plans. And I can tell you now more than ever, I feel so full of purpose and so full of faith. And we're just seeing God move in incredible ways. But the reason why I tell you this story is that it comes back to us hearing the voice of God. It took me, as I stepped out onto that porch, I remember him speaking just briefly, me opening my ears. I wasn't on Facebook. I just took a moment to breathe, to get away from my computer where I was writing my resumes, and to listen to him. I want to tell you, this season that we're in, as dire as it is, it really is. There's, there's terrible things happening. It's not just the corona. It's, it's going to have an imp impact on our, on our nation and on the world. It's going to have an impact on the finances and the situations that we see ourselves in. And it's going to have a roll-on effect from here. It's going to shift into the years. But we don't have to be afraid about it. But what we need to know is, is the voice of God. We need to hear his voice because he said he wants to give you peace. He goes on to say, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, the invitation, the, the desire of Jesus is not just, you know, we say, well, the joy, joy, joy down in my heart and so deep down in my heart that's going to take an atomic blum to blow it out for me, people to see it. He's inviting us to actually experience cheer, which comes from joy and hope and peace. Good. Joy, hope and peace. He invites us to have peace, not fear. In Romans 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Don't let anything steal your joy and your peace. 
And I want to tell you that your joy and peace is not dependent on what you do. So if you're like, well, I'm not going to let this coronavirus steal my joy and peace. I'm going to go out and party every night. Then your joy and peace comes out of what you do rather than who Jesus is. Okay? So if you think your joy and peace is validates uh, is validated through what you do, then it's wrong. It's through the words of Jesus. It's through the kingdom of God that lives inside of you. You can live in a prison cell. And I want to tell you that it's not the desire of God that we're in bondage or we're slaves, but you know, the early disciples were thrown into a prison cell, but in that cell, whipped and beaten, they couldn't help but sing. Because the kingdom of God is within us. The, I want to tell you, the hope for the world, the miracle that the world is waiting for lives right within you. It doesn't just live within me or Liam or some other great person that you idolize. It actually lives within you. The Lord has raised up you for this time and season. I feel like more than ever would we grab a hold of the opportunities that are being made for us by the situations and actually allow the kingdom of God to flow up out of our lives into the world around us. In Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, we encourage, do not be anxious about anything. Anxiety is not of God. Now, people say, well, I'm not anxious, so I'm just, you know, taking precautions. And precautions are so important. You know, Joseph wasn't anxious about the drought. He was wise, and he stayed for seven years so they could get through the drought for seven years. There's no re- Going and buying extra food so you can get through a season is not anxiety. But anxiety is not to be... Is, you know when you're anxious, when you can't stop thinking about something. And you're worrying about your future because your faith is in what you're going to do rather than who God is. Again, it comes back to us listening to the voice of God. And he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You know, it's very hard to be anxious when you have thanksgiving. And if you want to get rid of thanksgiving, the best way to do it is turn on some worship and start to praise the Lord. It shifts the atmosphere. It shifts your perspective. Prayer does the same. Coming before the Father, prayer and supplication, there are needs. Let the Father know your needs. You know, I know that um, the world around us is, is actually going to just increase in the level of needs. I feel like we're not even on the tipping point, really, of, of what's going to take place. But I want to tell you, the Lord's spoken to so many of us and the, and the prophets have said that this year, 2020, is a year of abundance and fruitfulness in the kingdom of God. And I feel like we're on the verge of revival for our nation. And the reason being is because the gods of our society are being torn down. For instance, the gods of wealth and money, security, are disappearing before people's eyes. Security of jobs. Some we thought we, we, our provision came from our work. But the Bible says that God provides for us. He says he provides for the birds, he clothes the fields. How much more will he provide for you? The gods of materialism. Suddenly we can't buy the things that we want all the time. We can't get, we think that these things are being met, are getting torn down, they're disappearing. Suddenly they're getting shaken. 
but he says that he's more than enough for us. And that the kingdom of God, righteousness, joy, and peace, the fruit of God, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the kingdom lives within us. And that satisfies us where no level of, a, of abundance, no level of materialism can ever satisfy us. And the world is getting shaken because they don't have Jesus, but these things they've relied on are getting removed from them. starting to disappear. People are losing their jobs. People are wondering how they're going to pay their debt, their loans. This is where we get to be people of power and a people of love. To be confident in who God is for you when you feel overwhelmed by odds against you, that is peace. This is a time as a bride that we get to shine. So may we have peace instead of fear. May we have peace instead of anxiety. Because this is God's promise for you. The next thing we're invited to do is to be overcomers, not vulnerable. Not victims. I love John G. Lake. He said, In Christ we become God's sons, man's servants, and the devil's masters. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And because of that, he says, Therefore go. Therefore go. Going back to that key verse, John 16, verse 33. In the world you'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Why is that good news for us? Is it because just 2,000 years ago Jesus overcame the world on the cross? Is that why we get to be of good cheer, or is it greater than that? Well, it says in 1 John 4.4, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Why is that good news? Because the good news of the gospel is that God came into man. The overcomer lives within you. He's really good at his job. He's, really, he's got this. This is not out of control for him. This is not beyond him. My daughter said, she said, um, they came home from school and they're like, Daddy, you know, you can't even see coronavirus. I'm like, oh, really? They're like, yeah, you have to. The only way to find it is if you look right underneath a microscope and then you can see it. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. And do you know how big God is, Daddy? I'm like, how big is he? He's bigger than everything, Dad. He's so big. He's bigger than the whole world. What is God compared to coronavirus? Wow. I said, there you go. There you go. Amen. So true. I love it when my kids preach at me, hey? But I also think it's fascinating that we live in a world that is getting turned upside down by something that can't be seen. And it comes to the fact that actually everything that is seen was made by the unseen. And we have to remember that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. My brothers and sisters, that's what you're called to do. This is your mission. One Peter three fourteen, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. You know, I think that one thing that this this uh, 
crisis does is actually reveals the bride. Because the bride should be full of hope. And it's this hope that shines out of us that makes people ask us for it. This is a beautiful and amazing season for evangelism. An amazing season to share the hope and the joy and the peace that we have and our confidence because we know the God who is from the beginning to the end where his sons and daughters, he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us and we're overcomers through him. Amen. Amen. 1 John 5, verse 4 to 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Come on. Everyone who's born of God overcomes the world. I want to tell you that if you've given your life to Jesus, you have been born according to John 1. It says that you've no longer been born according to the will of God, but according to the will, sorry, according to the will of man, but according to the will of God. You have been born of God. You will overcome the world. Whatever happens, you are an overcomer. You are more than an overcomer. Through Jesus Christ who gives you strength. It's Him. It's you abiding in Him. You living within Him. There's so many, I think there's, Psalms 91 is getting preached more than ever. I reckon people just got their Bibles there. It's just getting burnt out. People are going to it. It's so funny, back in January, my family started to memorize Psalms 91. And you can probably find a hundred sermons on it today because everyone's preaching out of it, which is awesome. It's a A beautiful psalm, it's about abiding in the Lord. He who makes the Lord his dwelling place shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. Abiding in the Lord, living within him, abiding in his community. The fact is that Jesus says that he is a vine and we're the branches. You are grafted into him. And I want to tell you, not only are you committed to God, but God is fully and 100% committed to you. That's our hope. That's the confidence that you as a son or a daughter of God, your life and the favor of God is not dependent just on how you perform. But he's already made covenant with you. He's chosen you and he's chosen you for this season to be his light and his salt in this hour. You know, in AD... Uh, 249 to 262. Western civilization was devastated by one of the deadliest pandemics in its history. Though the exact case of the plague is uncertain, the city of Rome was said to have lost an estimate of 5,000 people a day at the height of the outbreak. One of the eyewitnesses, Bishop Dionysus of Alexandria, wrote that although the plague did not discriminate between Christians and non-Christians, its full impact fell on non-Christians. Having noted the difference between Christians and non-Christians responded to the plagues, he said, of the non- um, he said this of the Christians. He said, that, sorry, he said the response of the non-Christians was, if the non-Christians' response to the plague was characterized by self-protection, self-preservation, and avoiding the sick at all costs, the Christians' response was the opposite. According to him, the plague served as a schooling and a testing for Christians. In a detailed description of how Christians responded to the plague in Alexandria, he writes of how the best among them honorably served the sick until they themselves caught the disease and died. Most of our brother, brother Christians showed unbound love and loyalty. 
never sparing themselves or thinking only of one another. Heedless of the danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ, and with them departed this life serenely happy. For if they were infected by others with disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbours and cheerfully accepting their pains. Isn't that crazy? Now, I love the stories of... Um, I love miraculous. I love the stories of people getting set free from sickness. And I believe that God is a God that heals, and I feel like we've entered into a season where we can truly believe that. But in history, what has spoken well of the Christians throughout the centuries when there's been pandemics has not been the miracles of salvations as much as the lives laid down in love. And that's what's spoken most, like everything that we've seen, the life of Jesus, the thing that impacted the world the most wasn't the thousands that were saved, but the death on the cross. And as believers, I think it's important for us to remember who we follow in this season. Now, I'm not telling you to make silly choices and be rash. And, you know, if you feel like you need to do something today, then stop. Like, this is not something that's going to pause. This is, this is something we're going to walk through as a bride over the next coming months and maybe even years. And it's not just the actual epidemic. It's what the fallout of that afterwards. But the invitation for us as believers is to carry the love of Jesus Christ into the world. And it's a love that does carry sacrifice. It's a love that carries faith. And it's a love that is bigger than ourselves. It's called the love of God. <clears throat> In Matthew 25... It's a heavy word, but Jesus says this to the bride. He says, When the Son of God comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he'll separate people one from another as sheep separates the sheep, shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll place the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed, my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, or give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And I, one thing I've learned in the last um, six to eight months on the streets and working with these kids, and I have a real desire to see the kingdom of God advance in the southeast, especially amongst the gangs, and to see that whole situation that's completely rife and out of hand succumb to the power of Jesus Christ. But I've discovered that the gospel is not an empty gospel that the power of the gospel is followed by not just the words of Jesus Christ and the salvation message, but it's when people choose to truly believe it and pay the sacrifice because we truly believe it. And I believe that as we come into this season, we're going to see similar sacrifices to what we've seen already take place, for instance, in Wuhan with the Christians who ordered a box of masks 
and they gave it out, they went out into the streets and they all were clothed and whatever, but they were giving out free masks, putting themselves at risk with gospel tracts. And people came and asked them, why are you doing this? In fact, they got shut down by the government. The government said, this is too intense, but it was just one way that they were reaching out and people were getting saved and they were able to pray, pray for the sick and care for the sick because the hospitals were overwhelmed. I believe that it's a time for the church to arise and to, to um, shine. As I was praying yesterday, the Lord said to me, you know, darkness and death didn't come with this you know, virus, with the coronavirus. It's been here way before. It's called the death comes from sin. Colossians 1 says that we were dead in our sins and trespasses. And anything that happens, whatever, you know, within this virus that's spreading, one thing it highlights is the need for a saviour. Things that come to my mind as I think about people being quarantined and going into homes is the kids that I work with, the people I work with, um, come from extremely dysfunctional homes. And my thought is like, what happens when you put dysfunctional people in an enclosed space for long periods of time? Under pressure of no work, under pressure of fear, of hopelessness, the world is, going to cry, is crying out for hope right now. And we're called to be a people of hope. I want to encourage you that your walk is not one to prove who you are. It's not even your responsibility to prove who Jesus is. Your responsibility is the same as that of Jesus, and that is to be an obedient son and daughter, to listen and obey. It's time for us to be a people of faith, not a people of fear. To rest in God when your weakness seems to be screaming out to you. So whatever precautions you take, don't let the divine love of God stop flowing through your life. Whatever choices you choose to make, don't let the peace of God be removed from your heart. And whatever you do as a family and whatever choices you make throughout this next season, don't forget that you're a child of God and that a child of God walks according to the Spirit of God. That you've been born for this time. And it's time for us as a bride to arise. I love the fact that people are writing letters into their community. And people are loving on people in the shopping centre and the, the people who are serving there. It's beautiful. And may that continue to grow and increase. For there is so much hope and we have nothing to fear as a people of God. God bless you today. I really pray. Um, let me pray over you guys a blessing. As these words hit us, may the word of Jesus Christ just wash over us that we do not need to be afraid. In this world we'll have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. He, Jesus, has overcome the world. He's given us his words that we may have peace. I'm going to pray uh, the ironic benediction of you in Hebrew. Yevarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, ye'er Adonai panavalecha v'chonecha, yesa Adonai panavalecha v'yesem lecha shalom b'shem Yeshua Mishichenu. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face is towards you. 
He is gracious to you. He, God, has lifted up his countenance upon you, and he has given you his peace. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. Awesome word, bro. That's good. <laughs> Thank you.